Oh, and uh, we did a clap. We did like a ch- for uh, all about Eve. Uh huh. <laughs> but we completely missed the point of doing a clap. We didn't do it together. Oh, that's very funny. <laughs> like you, you were supposed to like three, two, one to sync up audio. We were just we clapping just, like, willy nilly. Did our own claps. <laughs> it didn't help at all. We, I mean, we never claim to be smart. <laughs> and I never said I did well in film school, just that I went. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, I I don't know. I don't have anything yeah. um, smart to say, so. <laughs> Me neither. I mean, ever. Yeah. But anyway, welcome to film school. <laughs> I've noticed I because um I listen to our like the episodes we put out because sure. I'm like uh you support the cause yeah I'm so well I'm I'm a narcissist I guess but <laughs> I was like we both uh, I I would like to say you a little more than me you sound so like tired by the end of it <laughs> and like sometimes you'll say something and you'll just be like ah, yeah and it's it was making me laugh <laughs> well. It's part of the comedy. That's what we're here for. I I also, I listened to the whole episode. Like, that's how narcissistic I am. And I was, because also, I was like, I don't remember what we said because we recorded it, like, a few weeks ago, I mm-hmm. guess, two weeks ago. And I was listening to it. And I was like, did we say anything worthwhile? And that's kind of why I was listening to it because I was like, I don't know if we did anything. Right. Yeah, I, well, I did not listen to the whole thing because During the editing process, I probably listened to the podcast at least six times. That's fair. I listened to it like I lost my mind this past week and Tyler had to edit the whole thing. I didn't help. I mean, I I did one edit and got rid of pauses, but I also like I I was moving this week, like this past week. So that's what I like drove to Chicago to like move out of my apartment and I went by myself. Mm -hmm. And so I was just like losing my mind trying to pack and like drive and all of that and then in i feel like in the middle of the night i texted you like i can't edit a podcast (laughs) this week yeah which is totally fine and that's why i feel like that's another reason why we're gonna do bi-weekly because like yeah that just gives us a lot more time to figure it out if things have to move around um right but yeah uh welcome to the show uh (laughs) my name's tyler uh tyler robertson Oh, I, oh well, sorry. I was going to step, I was gonna oh, step on your... Oh, God, it's such a... This is a little fumble we have. <sighs> God. Keep it in. <laughs> uh, My name's Courtney. Cool, cool. Yeah. Wel- welcome. Welcome to the show. Thanks. I was going to say my last name, but I get really um self-conscious saying my last name because I, like, when I got to college, people informed me that I, like, say it wrong. Yeah, well, you've got that Pennsylvanian way of saying double o sounds like pool give us pool say, try again pool okay it, yours isn't very much yours isn't like bad <clears throat> there's a lot of there's a lot of pennsylvanians that say pull like you're you're pulling a door open oh i probably i probably say that too when sure. i'm not thinking about it but so but my last hall. name is is hall and i always say, i always say hall and everyone goes hole and then I feel, and then when I say it, like, when I am thinking about it, I overthink about it, even though it's my last name, so I should be able to, you know, like, decide how I want to say it. Absolutely. And people, and anyway. Yeah. 
So, man. But that's probably why people spell sure. it wrong all the time. Sure, that could be it. They'll do right. H-A-L-O. That's wrong. Yeah. Names are weird. Accents are weird. <laughs> Pool. Pool. Hull. Hull. Hall. I always say hall. And then what really, what really stuck to me is I was talking to my dad about this, and he was like, well, yeah, it's hull. And then I realized <laughs> he says it differently than oh, I no. always said it. And then I was, I had like sure. an identity crisis. I mean, it doesn't matter, really. So, like names passed down over generations it's like they all evolve well yeah i mean it, it's it's a it means like bottom of boat cool yeah sure so i like so it means nothing essentially i mean like, my last name is robertson which literally means the son of robert so like someone someone That's at one fair. point was the son of robert and they were like just lazy i mean with their kid they're like i'm not gonna name you after me mm-hmm. like you're not you know, Michaelson. You're you're okay. just gonna be Robertson as well, and then that just kind of stuck. So that's a hot take. Tyler is just Tyler, like uh, someone who tiles floors. So oh, that's interesting. I, Courtney means um, short nose. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! In French, because I've looked In- it up many okay. times. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Courtney, what movie did we watch this week? <laughs> um, we watched Chicago. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we did. <laughs> we we fucking watched it. Yeah, we did. We watched the hell out of it. Um, what? Why did you pick this film? Why? Why do you? Why? Why did you put it on the list? Um, I every time I watch this film, I really like it, and I think I've I've had to watch it in multiple film classes, and it's always used as an example of Misan San. Mm-hmm. which is like how everything in the scene looks and and basically it's framing like it's how sure. it's how everything is perfectly placed in the frame the the fact is like chicago's mise-en-scene is insane yeah the like, framing of this movie is amazing and i was really like taking note of it when i watched it last night of like like the close up shots and like the over the shoulder shots are so mm-hmm. like they're just like perfectly placed like if everything feels which is uh, everything feels like you could take it and like hang it on the wall like everything feels like it could be a painting which is how you want a film to look you know that's the goal um is like for every like single shot and frame to be set up that well and like the youtube channel every frame of painting (laughs) is that a thing yeah yeah it's it's, they're a now defunct uh youtube channel but they used to like they're like video video essay type people oh why are they why are they called? debunked i don't know uh, they uh i don't know probably ran out of money because oh people suck <laughs> well you know defunct sorry defunct. not debunked oh okay yeah. i was like i thought there was like a, a juicy gossip <laughs> <laughs> yeah anyway um but i remember when they explained this to me when they when my teacher explained this in school he was just like it's everything <laughs> and we were like okay yeah and then it wasn't clear until like a few years later when a different teacher was like oh it's like the it's framing yeah essentially yeah it's framing and, and set design yeah. and i think misan san like it's easy to have um or more apparent that you have good misan san in a musical because of the choreography right and the way like the shapes people are making with the dances mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and um, in uh, in Chicago, like one of the things I wrote down in my notes was like this, like all of this movie is good, but like the musical numbers are where they really like pop off. <laughs> yeah, it, they really go hard. Yeah, the musical numbers. I mean, we will get into it. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> um, but Chicago, the movie that we watched, uh, it came out in. 2002 january 24th that's very weird because now yeah like yeah that doesn't make a lot of sense when do musicals come out nowadays like when did greatest showman come out? well so it should have come out you would think if it came out now it would come out like um end of the year for oscar purposes Mm -hmm. right so that's Yeah. yeah very interesting maybe they had a different oscar deadline that year these are things I don't know. So Chicago, the movie, is based off the musical Chicago. Obviously. Well, <laughs> maybe not. The Broadway musical Chicago. Yes. Which was based off of a movie called Chicago from the 20s. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not um, know that. And that time. was about... And I think that was based off of, um, like essays by this reporter who was covering um two like two trials of women who had killed their husbands oh man so it's a it's a story that's been happening like for a long time yeah it's like a star is born um (laughs) yeah but not as terrible (laughs) wow i really are are we gonna have a a... (laughs) i didn't say earlier i want to fight are we gonna have an inflammatory are we gonna have an inflammatory hot take in every episode? <laughs> I think I'll just like, just like, uh, throw in my opinion on something and then move on. I hate a star. Yeah. I hated the A Star Is Born uh, movie, <laughs> the one with Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga. Anyway, so yeah. the musical Chicago was on Broadway in the seventies, and it was not a flop, but it didn't do well. Hmm. Like it wasn't like no, no, people didn't like it, and then it was revived in the 90s and they really took off and that's why they did a movie of it in the early 2000s right um do you know like when they did it when they redid it in the 90s was there like did they change a lot of the choreography did they change any of the music do you do you know anything no i just think the i don't know that much about it i think it was more just like the attitude of the you know of the times was different Mm -hmm. um right Right. But the revival did much better, and then that's when it was, they decided to turn it into a movie. Yeah. And uh, a knockout cast, I would say, for, for, yeah, for ki- the movie uh, version. Yeah, a killer cast. Wow, there it is, <laughs> baby. Bada bing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, Ren- Renee Zellweger uh, plays Roxy Hart, our, you know, protagonist? Pro? Yeah, I don't know about she's, pro, I, she's but... who I think we're supposed to be rooting for. Yeah, uh, Catherine Zeta-Jones as Velma Kelly, who I was shocked watching this again how little she does in this movie. She's not in mm-hmm. it a lot. Yeah, and she's kind of I feel like she was promoted, uh, at least in like the posters and stuff. Like it seems like she would be a bigger part of it. Right, and and we will get into the Oscars, but she won the Oscar for it, and I think that's why she was more, um, like heavily associated with it Mm -hmm. um and then richard gear 
Ugh. He, he's in it as well. He plays Billy Flynn, the the lawyer. Yeah. Yeah. So hot. <laughs> you texted me when you were when you were watching it, and you said uh, taking really important notes here, and then had a <laughs> screenshot of your notes, and it just said, "Is Richard Gere hot?" Question mark. Question mark. Question. Mark. <laughs> and I responded. And I said, "I wrote down the same thing." Yeah, he's he's so hot in this movie, and I like. Oh, I've seen Knights in Rodanthe. I wasn't interested. But <laughs> in Chicago, he's great. I think it's the it's that first scene he's in. But Yeah, right. Again, uh, we'll get into it. And just great hair. Oh, great hair. Great hair. His outfits, he it's he's the tailoring. Yeah. He it's great. Yeah. The sequence suit in the in the one is Yeah, in Razzle Dazzle, incredible. it's great. Him he he yeah, tap yeah, dances. Yeah. 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 John C. Riley, the love of my life. Mine too. I <laughs> love John C. Riley. John C. Riley went to um the same like uh he went to my grad school. Oh, nice. Uh he plays Amos Hart. He plays Roxy's uh husband. Uh and he is just uh, my heart breaks for this Yeah. Man. He's a he is a such a sad sack in this movie. He's like an adorable like doofus. I know, I love him so much. And the way he talks is just so great. <laughs> yeah, he talks like a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, but he also does that thing that like I don't know if people did this in real life, but they at least did it in like older movies and stuff where um like they they see, they say like idioms and things, but then they re- like repeat them in a in a different way like he said i don't know they just say they just say these things that we still say but then they they repeat them in a way like they they just kind of switch the sentence around <laughs> that's what i said i said oh yeah 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 but yeah it's it's very it's like i don't know it's it's kind of like an immaturity thing i think i don't know he yeah he's so easily like manipulated throughout the entire movie yeah um and then last on the top billing is queen latifah Ugh. <laughs> as mama morton she's so good in this movie she uh, i watched it and i was like her scene like her song was one of my favorite scenes and i was mm-hmm. like she's just like she's a breath of fresh air she's delightful i really like her in this movie and i like i i just oh I she needs to do more everything. Yeah. Is this is this like I don't know what else has she been in? Movie She was in Hairspray. Oh, okay. I and seen The her. Last Holiday, everyone's favorite movie. No, I have And even heard of uh and Taxi with um Jimmy Fallon. Okay. <laughs> and and wait, I have more. And Breaking Down the House with um Steve Martin. Interesting. And uh, beauty shop. Huh. I've the seen the female version uh, of Barbershop. <laughs> I've seen Hairspray, but like that was a long time ago, so I don't remember her in that. I saw Hairspray like four times in the theater. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> On there, brand. There are an, an increasing number of movies that. <laughs> there are an increasing mo- number of movies that I've seen like. Three or four times in theaters. An increasing number? Yeah. Yeah. 
Like, especially with, like, the movie pass things going around. Like, I have the Regal, the Regal one now. Ugh, movie pass was such a, was such a treat. I remember me and my friend from college, Nathan Stevens. Shout out to that beautiful boy. (laughs) I remember me and Nathan Stevens in college paying $10 a month for movie pass and going to see a movie, like, once a day. (laughs) I would say my favorite, I was thinking about this the other day, my favorite, one of my favorite movie theater experiences, because I really miss going to like the theater right yeah. now while we're in quarantine, was when we went to see I, Tonya at the Cedar Lee. Oh my God. That was, we had so much fun. It was maybe <laughs> the most fun I've ever had seeing a movie because we were like, it was, it was us and then some other friends that we went to college with and we were, you and I were dancing. <laughs> in our seats at the soundtrack and laughing like insane people like we were just having so much fun that and when we saw the same year we saw ladybird yeah and it was oh just God. the two of us and a bunch of old people and <laughs> none of them liked it like none of them laughed yeah and you i was like crying laughing. <laughs> me too and 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 that the one line in ladybird <laughs> that made us just absolutely die was uh <laughs> when the uh, what's that guy's name? That actor, I love him. Uh, he's the he's the um, he's their teacher. teacher. Their, yeah, yeah. And he goes, he, he's sitting on a bench. He's sitting on a bench. <laughs> and uh, Beanie Feldstein, uh, Feldstein, Feinstein, Feldstein. Beanie Feldstein. Yeah. When Beanie Feldstein's character, uh, she like goes over and sits next to him on like this bench in the in the school after after like this musical, right? After the kids have just put on this musical, and he's just staring like at the ground. <laughs> And Beans, Beanie just looks at him, and and he goes, "They didn't understand, they didn't understand it." it. <laughs> yeah, and it's incredible. And you and I it's just such like a random. <laughs> we couldn't it's, stop laughing. It's such a random like like then it just cuts away. Yeah, like that's it. We never see what else is happening with that guy. <laughs> it's so funny. That might be the yeah. last scene with him in the movie. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But that was that was when we had Movie Pass, and it was well. Oh, what a time! I, all of those Movie Pass movies, because we also saw like The Darkest Hour. <laughs> yeah, which which I hated. Yeah, but Savannah was so <laughs> she was so in love with the like the Scottish scenery. Yeah, I found The Darkest Hour to be like very boring like it was the darkest two hours <laughs> i was just gonna make that joke. yeah it was easy that was an easy joke but it was because it was uh, this is we haven't talked about chicago at all but the <laughs> darkest hour is just like gary oldman doing his um like his winston churchill mm-hmm. which is really good but yeah. then after 10 minutes i was like yep i get it <laughs> i don't uh, yep cool we can move on yeah <laughs> oh man it was uh, so like not to derail us further, but uh, I'm going to derail <laughs> us further. <laughs> um, Good. Winston Churchill, uh, the guy who plays Winston Churchill in The Crown in like the early seasons. Uh-huh. Uh, Is it John Lithgow? Yes. Did I, did I make that up? No, it's him. And he's incredible. <laughs> Yeah. It's so good. And he is like, he's a side character. So you don't, you get that 10 minutes of, okay, he's doing his best Winston Churchill. And then he, he does go away. So it's like. I feel like there have been so many great portrayals of Winston Churchill sure. in like film and TV. 
And do you think it's because it's easy to portray Winston Churchill? Do you think oh. that's the actual reason? Hmm. Maybe. Let's take Oldman's Oscar back. <laughs> if they can do it to La La Land. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember who else was nominated that year, but well, I'm going to find out. That would have been 2017. Would it? Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, it would have been the 2018 Oscars because they try to confuse us. But, um, yeah, Gary Oldman, 2017. Was, like, Ryan Gosling for La La Land? No, La La Land was 2016. <gasps> okay, uh, it would have been Daniel Day-Lewis, Phantom Thread, Timothy Chalamet, Call Me By Your Name, Ooh. um, Daniel Kaluuya. Is that how you say that? Kal- I think it's Kaluuya. Kaluuya. Yeah, you're right. Uh, Get Out and Denzel Washington for... Roman J. Israel Esquire. Oh yeah, Jesus! I forgot about that movie. Um, yeah, I think uh, I think yeah. Phantom Thread or, or Get Out would have been great, much better. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Fuck you, Gary Oldman. No, he's a good guy. Oh, okay, you're right. <laughs> I take it back. Fuck the Academy. <laughs> there we go. Um, no, he. <laughs> I'm really aggressive today. <laughs> All right, so Chicago. So Chicago um, is a movie. It is, and we watched it. Oh god, we have to cut all of this out. Let's start over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so Chicago. It mm-hmm. was directed by well, directed and choreographed by one Mister Rob Marshall. Hell yeah! What a Rob Marshall! What a guy! Um, who who also directed um nine which is very similar to chicago um, okay it's got to be a different nine than i'm thinking of <laughs> it's not the tim burton that's nine. correct nine is a musical okay. um <laughs> he also directed into the woods um he but oh. so nine is a musical about like now i'm like is it daniel day lewis it might be no it's not yes it is it's daniel day lewis plays this like famous director and it's about the nine women in his life so it's like his wife, his mistress, his girlfriend, uh. his mom, whatever. Um, and like the people who shaped him. And it's it's the same sort of thing where like it'll go into these theaterscapes while they do their song. And it's also mm-hmm. based off of a musical. And Nine was like predicted to be the next Chicago. It had Nicole Kidman, Marion Cotillard, Penelope Cruz, Kate Hudson, Fergie. And it was a like, massive flop. But I would hmm. also like to say that I feel like as far as movie, like modern movie musicals go, you have Rob Marshall and you have Tom Hooper. And I feel like you're one or the other. And Tom Hooper is the one who did <laughs> um, Les Mis and Cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, and I think... I think you you kind of like one or the other because there's such different styles. Like Rob Marshall does this huge like, yeah. I think Rob Marshall it does it in a smarter way that really um, lets the theatrical aspects of it um, play out and breathe in a really nice way. Whereas Tom Hooper tries to make it yeah, like you know more of a movie and more of like a, this is what it would look like in real life. And I don't think I don't mm-hmm. think that's what people want from musicals. Yeah, I mean, I, I get both, uh, like opinion. Well, they're not really opinions, but like I get both 
styles. Like I get why someone would be drawn to one or the other as like a director. Um, but yeah, I would say I definitely, uh, enjoy watching the, the Rob Marshall, uh, right. Like I liked Les Mis, but I would watch Chicago over Les Mis any day. And Cats was, (laughs) did you see it? Cats was something. Is it going to, no, I I did not. I saw it, uh, in Chicago and I got to go to like a free, like early screening at like a big theater downtown. Uh, and I saw it with my friend. <gasps> yes. I remember and you talking about it this. It was the trippiest experience I, I've maybe ever had. Um, and because it was an early screening, all of the <laughs> Chicago like critics were there. So everyone had notebooks and <laughs> were scribbling things down. And I was sitting next to a guy with a right. notebook and he was writing things. And there's a part where, um, uh, oh, now I can't remember his name. Not, oh, Ian McKellen. It's when Ian McKellen uh, drinks from like a saucer. Like <laughs> that the critic mm-hmm. next to me just went, oh, you've got to be kidding me. And looked so mad. And <laughs> it when it was over, there was just this weird haze in the theater. And I left and I looked at my friend and said, I know I have not been drinking, but I feel drunk. <laughs> like I'm completely sober, but I do not feel it. I like... I feel like the stories I've been told mm-hmm. about this film and about watching this film and how you feel coming out of this film, I don't know that I could predict what goes on in this film. It's the craziest thing. It's it's great. Like, I think everyone should watch it. <laughs> I had such a fun time. It was it was bananas, but it... It it's a shitty musical. Like to begin sure. with, it's not a good staged production. And the only good thing about it is that the dancing is incredible. But when you're watching a human mm-hmm. dance in front of you, it's so much more impressive than watching a CGI'd whatever dance like on a screen. <laughs> so it just doesn't yeah. it just didn't make sense. Yeah. So anyway. Yeah. I, Hashtag Hooper or Marshall. So are we doing it on the podcast? <laughs> cats? Yeah, are we yeah, going to sure. do cats? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that's the move. Because it's important to film history, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I also want to uh, shout out the cinematographer and the lighting designers on, on Chicago, which we didn't do for All About Eve, but I feel like... This movie's cinematography and lighting were just knockout. Like, so good. Um, So cinematographer was Dion Bebe? 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 I don't know. It's It's one of those. B-E-E-B-E. Do do with that what you will. Um, (laughs) The lighting designers were Peggy Eisenhower and Jules Fisher. it was just so good, especially like like I said at the towards the beginning, like um, the musical numbers, like the lighting for some of the musical numbers, like the one with the mirrors, was just insane. Yeah, that and that's uh, that song is called Roxy. I all of it yeah. is beautiful, and the way um, they light it so that like it goes onto the stage and like all of the lights kind of fall away, and it'll be a spotlight, and then when it comes back, it's like theatrical lighting design. It's yeah. beautiful. And uh, before we started talking or recording, we were talking about um, 
they didn't use any CGI in this. The only part of the film that uses CGI is the harness that Christine Baranski uses when they like lift her up in the puppeting thing. It, that's all they used it was to erase the uh, straps of the harness. Yeah. So like all of the times when it fades, like there's the moment in when Richard Gere is introduced where like the uh, women are coming up behind um, Queen Latifah and that was actually shot and they used a scrim. And so it was all lighting design. It's just amazing. Yeah. So cool. And uh, it's it's funny that uh, when you when you said that they didn't use any CG, I was baffled because when we were watching, because I watched this with uh, uh, my roommate, we um, we almost like chuckled at the bad what we thought was bad CG during like the um, like on, when they're on the streets, the very blue shots of like the Chicago streets um. Yeah, I wrote in my notes that that's that they were using a terrible like uh, set piece. Yeah, but like it's, I think that's just a backdrop, but it does look bad. Yeah, I was I was gonna say like, um, we said it was bad CG, and then I was like, well, they're just trying to like recreate what like a backdrop would look like. That's why everything looks kind of like like par- there was like a parallax effect that like wasn't working. You know how sometimes when you mm-hmm. look at a <laughs> screen. Uh, that's what happens. But um, there was no CG there, so it was literally either actual streets that they were on, or more likely they were in a um, studio and had like an actual backdrop. So yeah, I think they were on a soundstage. So that that was actually really cool to realize uh, that they weren't actually using CG. It just looked like a stage <laughs> on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they, to, to, to design all of these things and, and create all of these, uh, scenes, uh, they had a budget of $45 million. Crazy. I mean, not really crazy. Cause like Fast and Furious has a hundred million, but like over a yeah. hundred million. <laughs> but yeah, yeah lo- lots of money. Yeah. I, that, but also like, that's not like that big I, I guess what i'm saying is that it's not that big of a budget when you think about it and when you think mm-hmm. about everything they did in this movie and how beautiful it is like mm-hmm. it, it it's impressive yeah. i think uh and box office uh the domestic box office uh was uh 170 171 let's say round up uh million dollars uh and worldwide they made 307 million dollars which uh, is not a flop at all. Yeah, that's a smash. Yeah. Smash hit. Runtime is an hour and 53 minutes. It's a quick hour and 53 minutes. Like, I didn't... Yeah. I think, like, with All About Eve, I was getting a little like, all right, let's we'll, we'll get to the point. Um, this, I was like, whoa, we're almost done? Yeah. What? Like, it, it, the pacing is is yeah. perfect, I think. It moves really quickly. Yeah. But not, like... They're not rushing through anything. No, either. not rushed. So. I, like it's it's perfectly paced. Yeah, um, and the aspect ratio, which is like I don't know how many of our listeners the, are going to be like the aspect ratio is just for Tyler. Yeah, <laughs> uh, aspect ratio of one point eight five to one, which is just a little bit wider than your television screen. So you'll have two 
thin black bars on the top and bottom of your screen. Uh, it's the most common film ratio uh, since like the 60s. So like this in the 60s, they started using it. And uh, that's kind of been like the go to for a lot of for a lot of movies. But yeah. Uh, and then a Rotten Tomato score of 83 percent. Yeah. Which. Yeah. People don't like musicals like it's a very polarizing genre, I think. Yeah, before before we started recording, I said uh, musicals and comedies they they just have an uphill battle with with reviews, and they just they're my favorite genre. <laughs> yes, both of them. That's why that's why the Golden Globes put them together in one in one. Yeah, but then you have like Anne Hathaway <laughs> against a bunch of like the, it's crazy. It's also we can't we we've been so off track we can't get into this but also the martian was nominated for as a comedy yeah i was i was just gonna the most hilarious movie the martian i was gonna say uh musical or comedy and then matt damon musical comedy or very famous actors that we don't know where to put yeah just we oh yeah um but speaking of awards, look at that. You know, tying it back. Uh, <laughs> it was so smooth. Chicago was nominated for 12 Oscars. Pretty pretty nuts. Well, what did we say all about Eve had? 14? 14, yeah. Okay. So they were getting up there. They did, yeah. So it was nominated for 12 and it won six. So it won Best Picture, um, Best Supporting Actress for Catherine Zeta-Jones, Art Direction, which... I don't think Art Direction is an Oscar that they do on air. Um, okay. I don't... I've ne- Yeah. Uh, costume design, which makes total sense. Absolutely. Editing, which is great. I wrote in my notes, like, this is the perfect musical editing. Like, yeah, it's, would, it's edited so well. And then what was really interesting, it won Best Sound. And that's weird because now Best Sound is split into two categories for best sound editing and best sound mixing and this was just like best sound um and i was looking into it and i think the next year is when they split it oh into sound mixing and sound editing huh um i'm surprised did they have i um i wasn't following the oscars in uh, 2002 i was in second grade um (laughs) but uh (laughs) that's uh did they have like a best song they do now like yeah, I'm sure they did have song best song, a... but but this hmm. wouldn't have been. None of these songs are original because they're from the musical, right? So yeah. okay, yeah, um, yeah, you idiot. Yeah, I'm learning. Yeah. I'm the student, bro. <laughs> Chill. I'm uh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and uh, also what's what's fun about Oscars and this is that since this movie came out, Catherine Zeta Jones has like performed chicago songs at the oscars i feel like at least twice which is crazy to me yeah yeah um and oh oh oh, another fun fact was uh the lady who played um i think roxy either roxy or velma uh in the stage production was in the film Oh, interesting. She was so. Remember when Roxy, right at the beginning? Well, I guess we're getting into the plot, anyways. Yeah, <laughs> so, let's get uh, into the plot. Right. So, right at the beginning, obviously, Roxy. Uh, well, not obviously. If you didn't watch it, I don't know. Um, 
Roxy, we're introduced to her. She she's at so a. Uh, we're, this is set in the twenties. Yes, thank you. Yeah. Um. So so they're they're at a um. Vaudeville, uh, performance. Uh, her and her. Mister, what's a mistress that's not a woman? Um, I don't know. Wow, patriarchy. Um, so <laughs> they're at she, like a speakeasy, probably. Yeah, right. Sort of thing. Um, and she and Roxy's just infatuated by this Velma person who we we think just killed somebody. Uh, oh, she definitely the... she definitely just killed someone. Yeah, so there's the... a gun. There's some blood on her hands. So I would right. I think no, she killed. Herself. She killed her. So uh, the movie starts like instantly, like perfect framing with a close up, like an extreme close up shot of um, Velma, who is Catherine Zeta Jones' eye, and then it like yeah. zooms in even further, um, and we see her running through the streets of Chicago, and she rips off a. Um, and we don't actually see her face until later, but she rips off um, a poster that has her sister's name on it, so it just says her name. And then she goes yeah. into a theater. Everyone's freaking out because they're like, where's your sister? Because they're supposed to perform together, and she goes and performs by herself. And that's the opening number, which is all that jazz. Yes, and God, when when they start with a five, six, seven, eight. It's oh, like, it's oh. so good. <laughs> oh, my God, yes. I, I got so excited. I like... <laughs> I wanted to like stand up and cheer. It was it's so great. And um another person in this movie is Tay Diggs, which yeah. I think this movie could be called Chicago uh semicolon uh, a waste of Tay Diggs. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He does nothing. He's like a Broadway actor and performer. Like he's very talented and all he does is like introduce songs and he you never really see his face till the end. But Yeah. Yeah, so they do the opening dance number, which is all that jazz. Um, mm-hmm. be- it's it's beautifully shot. It's wonderfully edited at the end to like juxtapose uh, Roxy and Velma. Mm-hmm. So Roxy's at this club because she wants to be um, a stage stage performer, and this guy told her he could like <laughs> get her. Um, gigs to sleep with her and when she yeah. finds that when she finds out that he doesn't actually know someone in the business yes. she kills him with a gun with a gun his name's fred just straight up murders him with a gun yeah she shoots him they both reach for the gun um go, go, real quick going back to uh just the five six seven eight and being like going real hard right at the beginning the first thing i wrote down in my notes was starting with this much energy the audacity <laughs> The first thing I wrote in my notes is all caps, just whoopee. Because <laughs> they just kept saying that. Like, <laughs> I was, I love this movie, but I thought that was so nuts and unnecessary. Like, I got it for during the number, but then there were points in <laughs> the thing where they had like, like a chorus in a musical, but it's a movie, so they shouldn't be there. But they just had like whispered like, six, whoopee. <laughs> yeah. Out of yeah. nowhere, and it was nuts to me, and it made it made me laugh really hard every time. Yeah. Also, what um, is a whoopee spot? That's the line in the song. <laughs> She's like, "Come on down, I know a whoopee spot." What does that mean? A uh, place that you can have sex with someone. Oh, okay. I think so. Because whoopee I, I... is a. 
That's not what I, I thought it was like a fun spot. Like a whoopee spot. No? Well, uh, whoopee's a euphemism. <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. I feel very dumb. <laughs> There's like, I know a whoop, whoopee spot. Like, woo. <laughs> yeah. I'm. <laughs> no one can see me, but I'm like dancing and like doing jazz hands to express how I feel. Yeah. What I thought whoopee was. Okay, well. <laughs> Cut all that out. <laughs> um, so so anyway, uh, Roxy <laughs> Roxy murders this dude after after you know fornicating, um, co- or copulating as as mm-hmm. uh, John C. Reilly's character would say after committing adultery. Mm-hmm, yes, uh, she she straight up shoots him in the chest like four or five times. Um, then it kind of cuts to. Um, like the cops are there, right? Like it, it, we just kind of skip everything in between that, um, and we meet John C. Riley's character, Amos Amos Hart, um, who's just just the sweetest man. He just loves Roxy, you know. Yeah, and so he, he just... is taking the fall for the murder, and he's confessing to the police right, that they're he... saying it's a burglar. Yes. Yeah, and then um, the police aren't really buying it, and then they tell. Um, John C. Riley, that like the um, who it is, who it is, and he was like, "Well, he sold us our furniture. Yeah, why would he be? We know this guy, yeah, yeah." And then he puts it together, um, that she was having an affair and gives her up. Yep, which good for him. What a yeah, right. And this is also this is the second musical number called um, is it Funny Honey? I think. Yeah, this one. This one's so good because it kind of does it 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 mirrors like what they would do in theater where like half the stage is dedicated to one scene and half the stage is dedicated to another and they're kind of like right. interacting. Yeah, and it's also like it's her um you do get the feel that it's her like subconscious which comes back later right. and I think that's what a lot of the musical numbers are is like Roxy imagining it and it's her like this like sultry song where she's basically being like, "My husband's an idiot, and he's going to ruin this for me," and then he yeah. does. And yeah, it's yeah, funny, honey. Yeah, she, well, it starts out as like uh, how much she loves him and like how much he, oh, yeah. how sweet he is and everything, but then it slowly turns towards like he's such a doofus, he's such an idiot, and then like so these two scenes are happening at once where she's like imagining this. Uh, performance that she's doing and then he is talking about uh like what happened right and then he realizes she was adultering and um (laughs) gives her up and then in the song in her like subconscious song situation um she like just straight up goes for him like goes for the throat (laughs) yes she's like yelling at him i forgot to mention there's a really nice like um like getting out dialogue, getting out exposition in the dialogue where um, before she kills Fred, she says, um, it's been a month since you introduced me to that guy. And I know it's been a month because that was the night that Velma Kelly killed her husband. Nice. So it gives us like this very subtle like uh, Velma Kelly was arrested for killing her husband. And we're now a month later. Right. And yeah. Like, because it's perfect. Yeah. Because it kind of it doesn't. It's not super clear until she says that, like, how much time has passed. Because it's like, they go home from the 
the Velma performance and start copulating. And then it kind of cuts to them like getting dressed and it's a month later. So it's kind of like right. a, a weird, like if you're not paying attention, it's a weird time jump. Um, but they right. explain it pretty, pretty well. So then uh, Roxy gets arrested and she goes to jail. Yep. And this, okay, so back to the fun fact, we've we've made it back. This is where she meets, the first person she meets in jail, like the first inmate she talks to, is the person who played, I think, Velma in the um, stage production. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's fun. Oh, another thing I wrote is, it's such a flawless... Um, like transition from fantasy to real life which we sort of talked about but i said i don't i don't know if i love like the introductions like how tay Diggs is at the um he'll be at the mic and he'll be like and now miss roxy hart or at one yeah. point yeah i don't think i don't know if they're necessary i don't know if i like them yeah they're they're definitely harkening to like the vaudeville performances but maybe they just did them too often yeah i guess they were just not for me but so anyway, she gets to jail and some really like beautiful shots of her in jail. Like I always think of the, the shot where they're measuring her like wingspan and she's up against the mm-hmm. like she's like naked up against the wall. It's like that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and then she meets Queen Latifah's character, who is the uh, warden. Yes. Of the jail. So yeah, that yeah her her introduction and and the the musical number that goes along with that is is pretty pretty great and also like does the thing where it just just, like every musical number not only is great in and of itself but like they just so perfectly line up with what's going on in the real world like both visually sometimes where like they'll cut from reality to the musical number and and back and uh it just lines up so perfectly or um just obviously like the whole point is that they line up thematically so like introducing us to her characters it's it's pretty great right which is what they're doing with like um they kind of do it with all the characters where they're uh like they introduce us to uh queen latifah's character mama wharton mama morton who is the warden? warden. <laughs> um, and she's talking about like, oh, if you're good to me, I'll be good to you. But she's really just saying like, if you pay me, I'll get your stuff. I'll get you what you right. want. Um, and then they do it later when they introduce Billy Flynn, where they're like, all he doesn't care about money. He only cares about love. But no, he only cares about money. And it's these like yeah. juxtapositions of the fantasy versus the reality of these people. And it's right. um, it's brilliant. Like there's no other like the way they do it is brilliant. And especially in this um when you're good to mama which is queen latifah's song where she's like she's like in this glitzy like beautiful gold dress on this stage and everything's super opulent and she's just talking about like well when you're good to me i'll be good back to you and then it cuts to this really harsh like cold jail that's like dark you know cool colors yeah just gray and she's like she's basically just like uh no like fuck off to uh roxy yeah it's it's just great well so after that song um queen latifah's being kind of like fake fake nice to 
to Roxy. Also, I wrote down there's like a in the background it says in like it's written on the wall of the jail it says no dams. And Queen Latifah says, um says like, I'm here for you. No, I'm not. Shut the fuck up. Like she says, like she swears <laughs> and tells someone to like fuck off. And in the background it says like no, no saying damn. Which I thought was really funny. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it was no swearing. What was the other one? Like no dancing? Probably. There were like two sense. rules. And I thought they were very funny. Oh, and then she says like the funniest line where she goes, We're taking you to uh we call it murderer's row and Roxy goes, Is that nicer? <laughs> <laughs> but so she gets to her jail cell and she asks Queen Latifah for more blankets and Queen Latifah just shuts the life light off and leaves. And that's when probably the most famous scene of the movie happens, which is the cell block tango. Yes. Which is a perfect scene. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's I've seen I've seen this movie so many times. I've seen this scene like three times as many as I've seen the movie. Yeah. And it starts in such a fun, like organic way of Roxy is hearing sounds in the jail and they start to sound like a song. Yeah. And it's just like um yeah. that SpongeBob episode. Yep. Mm-hmm. Sure. But the you remember where they do the they do the like the clams and then the and then hitting on the hitting on the coral and then the bubbles and then it turns into a song? Yeah, Same vaguely. Thing. Does that also happen in in <laughs> Little Mermaid? Like the same thing. Oh, it happens in a lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's a common practice. But they do it really well here. <laughs> yeah. So she's, it starts because she's hearing the like water dripping from yep. the ceiling. Or yeah. From and then somewhere. someone's like uh, running their fingers against something, like doing yeah. the little. Yeah. And then there's whispers. And it's very scary because they're whispering random words that I found haunting <laughs> uh, but we also get uh tay diggs the the second appearance of tay diggs uh yeah third i think us. Yeah. oh right yeah he's in it a lot and does right. nothing <laughs> this movie is a waste of tay diggs and i'm offended yeah but that's really cool how it's the so the shot that tay diggs is in 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 the cell block tango is uh she like looks out roxy looks out of her sh- uh jail cell and um he's like just in the blackness yeah like the in the inside the darkness he's just kind of like lit and you can only really see like his upper body and um he like he like comes towards her he just kind of like floats towards her and her jail cell opens i just hit my microphone her jail cell opens a lot yeah uh (laughs) her jail cell opens and it just kind of like keeps going it just kind of like keeps opening like, I don't know how yeah. they did that. They had to, like, obviously do it close up. But, like, it just, like, keeps opening, keeps opening. Um, and then it, like, opens with the mu- Or, like, it finishes opening with the music, like, as it's about to start. Um, yeah. And then we go into it. Yeah, and he says, like, and now the merry mistresses of murder is real. And it's all of these women. And they're, you see, they're the ones. They each have a word. And they keep saying it over and over again to create the beat. And they're all, like, uh, like leaning out of their jail cells. <laughs> Mm-hmm. like out of like one long jail cell and as they they come out as the song goes on one they come out one at a time to tell their story of how they're 
their like husband or lover died and why they're innocent. Yes. Well, not even that they're innocent. I guess that he's they say he had it coming. Yeah, literally, that's what they say. Yeah, but they keep saying like he had it coming, uh, and they tell their stories how they ended up there, which like they're pretty funny. Mm-hmm. And it turns into a tango where they like it, it's done like a lot of it's done in silhouette mm-hmm. um, of the dancing Here, and the. T- so this is where some of the best lighting happens, because yes. like. There are moments, so there was, there's one moment where one of the mistresses of Murph, one of them, uh, like, she found her sister was, uh, having an affair with her husband. That's Velma. That's, um, that's... Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Catherine Zeta-Jones. Right. Um, but, so there's this one moment where, um, she, so Velma's in the middle, and then her sister is on one side of her, and the husband is on the other, and their faces are silhouetted and hers is lit and like but like i feel like they're they're just backlit whereas she is getting like key key lit or whatever phil um key key fill in back three point lighting uh yeah whatever it would be there's it's more complicated than that (laughs) we we know the basics here yeah but yeah it just looks so cool because like they're they're almost like it draws the focus away from them obviously which is like the intention but it just makes them feel like not in a bad way but it feel, it makes them feel like props to this to her telling the story because you can't see their right. faces i also really think cool. because um f- for a movie that is all about people like it's about murderers you know <laughs> yeah it is so um not graphic and not violent and i think it's because we have to like roxy and velma like we have to sympathize with them because they're the main characters and Mm -hmm. if you don't like them then the whole movie kind of you know falls apart and so it isn't very violent even when she shoots him like it's not like a lot of blood like when uh no roxy shoots fred in the beginning and so when they're doing this tango like the way they they describe like how they kill kill them, and then they will they'll pull out like a red handkerchief to like represent like mm-hmm. like one of them is like oh some men can't handle their arsenic, and she pulls out the red handkerchief out of his mouth, and it's just yeah, oh. And then Velma tells her story, which is that she didn't do it, she she blacked out, and she says it wasn't until later when I was wiping the blood off my hands that I even knew she they were dead. And she lets her hands down and two red handkerchiefs, like, fly down. And it's beautiful. Yeah. And then she fucking steps it up and starts singing, like, a like uh, an amazing, like, she performs for the end of that song. It's great. Yeah. Um, but there's a, there's a, there's a little, there's a little Easter egg in, in, in there, uh, in the song where those handkerchiefs that are red are, that represent, like, the blood on their hands or whatever. The Russian, the Hungarian, lady, Hungarian lady, uh, she it her portion of the song is like obviously much more sympathetic. Like she genuinely did not kill. She genuinely didn't do it. Right. Uh, and her handkerchief is white. Her handkerchief is not. Yeah, because her her like phrase in the opening is not guilty or is uh uh-uh. uh. Yeah. And she goes, uh, um, and then they cut back to reality, 
And you realize that this is all of these women just telling Roxy why they ended up in jail and it's their side of the story. And they yeah. cut to Roxy after the Hungarian tells her story that's fully uh, – it's not in English. Uh, yeah. And she goes, yeah, but did you do it? And she goes, no, not guilty. Um, right. But it's just uh, – and then uh, – and then like after um, – it's so good. Like <laughs> – there's there's like a uh <laughs> like the end of the song um the jail cell lifts up and all of these women just start coming out of the like from like behind the jail cell and it turns into a full-fledged huge dance number of all these yeah, people being ensembles. like like um they had it coming yeah yeah it is it is really good and the and the jumping back and forth between reality and uh the the musical in in this specifically is really cool because they're like they don't do it at the beginning for like a for like a good portion of it and then they do it and you realize oh she's just this is like her they're just like telling stories while they're like eating lunch or you know doing doing different things around like during the open hours when they're not in their cells but yeah but after that um oh oh the one thing i wanted to tell you was i used to have the clean version of this soundtrack and (laughs) which like uh, uh, so dumb because like it's about murder so like even if you take out the swears it's still about people murdering like people (laughs) and there's a one there's one line where it's the woman who puts arsenic in her husband's drink and Mm-hmm. it says like single he told me single my ass and the line and i remember this so vividly the line in the clean sound deck i had was like single single my eye <laughs> is that even I, a phrase no they just didn't know what to do <laughs> do you imagine they were like we need you to make a clean version of chicago and they're like but this song is about women like violently killing their husbands so they had to change ass to eye, but then kept in the line, he ran into my knife, he ran into my knife ten times. <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. That's, I don't know, that's America for you. <laughs> yeah, well, so anyway, this is when we meet Richard Gere. Yes. Because um, Velma, Catherine Zeta-Jones, is getting all of this press and all this attention claiming she didn't kill her. I, we kind of glossed over this, but she's her husband and sister were having an affair, and so she mm-hmm. killed them both, but she's claiming she didn't do it. And the reason she's getting all this attention is because she has the best lawyer in Chicago, um, Billy Flynn, who's played by Richard Gere, and he has a 100% success rate. Yep. And um, the the way we, as the audience, kind of find out about this whole Billy Flynn situation is uh, the same way Roxy does, because she is doing laundry or something. I don't know. She's in a bathroom, and for some reason, she can hear Velma talking to uh, Mama, um, and they're talking about Billy Flynn, and I think Mama offers to call someone for her for like $50, which I have to imagine is a lot of money. Back then. Oh yeah, it's a it's a obscene amount of money back then. Yeah. Um yeah, she offers to put in a call to Billy to right. talk to her. And then she does that and um 
basically she's trying to explain to Roxy why she needs this lawyer. Mm-hmm. And that's when we get the next song, which is um, All I Care About Is Love, which is just Richard Gere seeming like a prince, dancing with all these like showgirls, yeah. singing about how he just wants like his soulmate. And then when we right. cut to reality, he's just being like pretty heartless about money yeah. and the bottom line, and that's really all he cares about. Right, because um, Velma comes out, like like Roxy kind of like, she hears that the conversation's over, so she's like, oh, I gotta, I gotta, like, get ready here. Um, so she, she gets out, um, of the bathroom that she was in, um, <laughs> and Velma comes out at the same time, obviously, because Roxy planned that way. And she kind of, like, she gives her, her underwear, her clean underwear, because this, it's laundry day, I guess. And, yeah, she, like, pressed uh, it. Yeah. Like, ironed it. And she asks, um, Velma for advice, uh, for stage performance advice, not like lawyer advice, <laughs> but, um, Velma's just super mean to her, um, says, don't, don't touch my, the last thing she says is like, uh, here's some advice. Don't touch my underwear ever again. Which is <laughs> and, fair. like walks away. Yeah, sure. It's a valid complaint. Yeah. I would also be like, excuse me. Like if someone, <laughs> I mean, I have no advice to give, but if someone asked me for advice on like nothing i have nothing i have no skills but if someone asked me for advice and touched my like watched my underwear and was like hey i get that they're in jail but isn't that her job in the jail yeah but she like specifically like pressed in like uh, yeah sure um but then mama calls roxy into her office because she overheard this conversation with her and velma mm-hmm. um and this is where velma or got uh mama tells roxy about more about uh billy flynn and offers to call him for 100 dollars. right and this is where um what i mentioned earlier that they just used a scrim and so all of these yeah. like whip dancers come from behind and it's it's beautiful and like the lights um go down and then it's a spotlight and then all of the women are going like, we want Billy, give us Billy. Mm-hmm. And what's really cool is it's again, the silhouettes. He's at the top of the stairs. There's like a man like standing there with like getting his shoe shined, holding a briefcase, looking really fancy. And mm-hmm. then that guy kind of goes away and you turn. And <laughs> as the camera turns, Richard Gere flips a coin and grabs it. And he's the shoe shine shiner and he's Billy Flynn. And he's talking about how he doesn't need money. He just wants love. Yeah. And it's very funny, and it's it's, oh, it's so good. I mean, he's just that. This is where in my notes I wrote: Is Richard Gere super hot? And the answer is yes. That's it. No yeah, argument. T- yeah, right. Um, but in this in this um, musical number, we don't get um, a lot of flash or transitions between reality and and the musical, um, because I think it's like they're not they're they haven't revealed that he's a slime ball yet like yeah i don't yeah they don't want you to know yeah (laughs) and like he's Um, so he's so charming yeah so um then so she gets she gets a meeting with him Mm -hmm. and uh he offers his services uh for five thousand dollars which if we thought fifty dollars was obscene yeah and 
basically like John C. Riley has to get it. And he kind of manipulates him into doing it. But also like John C. Riley just really loves Roxy and wants to do it, yeah. which is, is so sad. But so then I don't know if I'm missing anything, but then like the next thing that really happens is um they set up a press conference and uh Oh, they like they prep her for the press conference, and they're basically yeah. like, "You have to lie, and you have to well, you have to let me lie for you, and you can't say anything." Right. Um, and so and he then makes they, up like a whole new backstory for her. Yes, that she was like a runaway bride. She was in a convent at one point. Yeah. And um, the reason she shot Fred is because they both reached for the gun. He was coming towards her. She grabbed it first, and she shot him. Um, and then we have. Such a great – I mean, all of the musical numbers are great. This one is insane. It's it's called We Both Reach for the Gun, and it's cut between the press conference and Billy Flynn being, like, a puppet master of all, the, like, the press and being um, Roxy's, like, puppet master. And the press are eating yeah. it up. And then this is where we have Christine Baranski, um, who's the queen of small bit parts in musicals. She's like yeah. in every musical and she like she's in Mamma Mia, she's in Into the Woods, she's in this. I think she just wants to sing. Well, and, and she probably she probably has a good relationship with uh, our boy Rob Marshall, you know? He likes Well, he didn't in Into the Woods. Chicago. Yeah. They like working together. Maybe they do. <laughs> um I actually think she's like really good friends with Meryl Streep, and that's why she's been in oh. Mamma Mia and nice all that stuff. But she plays this like um, columnist who's covering the like trials, like the murder trials, and she's just so um, easily persuaded. Right. Yeah. Um, but the the choreography and just the I don't know. Just the all the visuals in in this musical number are pretty insane. Like uh, the makeup on Roxy and all of the journalists during the puppeteer section. Yeah, um, he's and there's also like like her movements to be a puppet her are so are so good. Yeah, because it's like she's actually in the fantasy aspect of the song. She's actually being the puppet, and right. like her movements are good. There's a, a line I wrote down that really made me laugh because it's he's he's like doing her voice too so she's not actually saying anything like she's moving yeah. her mouth and he's he's talking for her and they're like um they're like then what happened and <laughs> richard gear as roxy goes he came toward me like a little kid and it made me laugh really hard and i watched it like four times like i kept rewinding it but so the press are buying it up right and so there were the puppets too and it cuts uh, it so we've been seeing all these uh because it's like it's it's blocked like uh richard gear and uh roxy are in the front and he's uh, he's like sitting on the stool like a puppeteer you know would and she's sitting on his lap like a puppet would <laughs> and uh they're doing all that and behind them there's this ensemble of uh reporters who are also on strings right so they're doing like the puppet movements as well um and like halfway through the song it cuts to this other shot of like looking up into the rafters of the stage like on stage or like above the stage and um 
there it's it's Billy Flynn using like the puppet sticks or whatever like the yeah, those yeah. little crosses that have all the strings on them and he it's such a cool like thing of like he looks gigantic because like that's how our brains are you know because like he's like this gigantic figure like puppeteering all these journalists it's so it's it's great yeah i mean it's, i feel it's like, really cool yeah um so she starts to get a, a bunch of press and people are like basically just on her side oh yeah they have like this little montage like um like an old tv kind of montage like doo, 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 doo. yeah, <laughs> and, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the newspapers come in <laughs> all the girls want to be roxy yeah all the young <laughs> girls want... <laughs> the girls want their hair cut uh, like roxy which is like this super tight bob that was yeah like, i was actually popular. gonna text you last night and be like should i cut my hair like Catherine zeta jones in the beginning of the movie i was very convinced and by the end i had talked <laughs> myself out of it so like i went through that little crisis okay um i was right. i went i was able was able to manage it myself right in in a quick uh, hour and however many minutes <laughs> so that's yeah i good. was like wow i should get that type of bob and then like by the end of the movie i was like oh no 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 that's a mistake. <laughs> no, no. That's a big mistake. So, yeah, they all the girls want her haircut, um, and then all the headlines are like, Chicago's in love with Roxy, or, uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. Because her name's Roxy Hart, so they can play with that a lot. They're like, Roxy steals the hearts yes. of Chicago, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, so, so Billy Flynn has been successful in his endeavor to manipulate the audience um there's a really great i i know that's we're skipping it or i'm skipping ahead but uh in the in the file final like uh trial there's this great part where richard gears like um doing his thing uh with roxy on on the uh podium and um he he accidentally calls the jury the audience yes it's oh yeah it's so good because by that point, it's completely blended, and it's not even really, yeah. like, it's amazing. Like, it's not a fantasy anymore. he's so anymore. into it's it at life. that point. Yeah. Ugh. Ugh. Um, but so then, like, people, like, in the jail know that Roxy's a big deal because she's famous. Mm-hmm. And as Roxy's star rises, Velma's f- falls because right. Billy isn't paying attention to her anymore. And she's, like, <laughs> losing her mind. Yeah. And Roxy immediately gets an ego. Oh, Just yeah. Imme- immediate. <laughs> I wrote down the line. So... Velma's talking to her and she's like, you know, if you want that advice, like blah, blah, blah. My my husband used to do this and uh, Roxy just goes, is that – or she's telling a story about her husband. She goes, but where's the part where you blew his brains out? And it's very like quippy Oof. and fun and she really like digs the knife in and then she sings a song called Roxy Heart. Yeah. Oh, Right. Or Roxy. It's called Roxy. And it's about how, like, she's going to be so famous after this. Yeah. Yeah, that that one was really cool, too, because it was just, it was, it it's one of the, there's a there's a couple that, that are mostly, like, Roxy's fantasies, where um, she's just in this, like, blackness. She's just, like. Yeah. It's on, it's supposed to be, like, she's on a stage without any, or, like, just a spotlight kind of thing. Like, that's kind of the visual they're going for. But it's, like, even more just, like, darkness and then her. And then, like, different lights will come up. Um, and then at one point there's a big neon Roxy sign. 
Yeah, that she's, like, laying on. Yeah, and a bunch um, of very scary men who are, like, whispering, like, rocks, rocks. at her. Yeah. It, terrifying. There's so who, much who... creepy whispering in this movie. Like, it starts yeah. with, whoopee, and then there's Roxy, and it's It's, it's so, so freaky. Weird. Why would any, I don't think like, it's necessary. I think there's some, Roxy I love this movie. Does want that? Is that what she wants? Yeah, I feel like that's what you hear right before you die. <laughs> yeah like right before someone murders you they're gonna whisper your name yeah <laughs> they'll whisper <"Whoopee." laughs> oh that'd be a terrible way to go um that's how i'm planning on <laughs> going yeah out. yeah okay i hope i yeah i hope yeah although i need to really look into <laughs> what whoopee means i guess <laughs> um but yeah after I don't, because after that, does she have another talk with Mama before? There's, there's, there's something that happens in between the song Roxy and then the song that Velma sings in like desperation to to Roxy. Velma, uh, right. So Velma goes to Roxy and is like, "You're, do you know how much more press we'll get if we work together once we're both out of jail?" Um, and how much more interested right. people will be if it's the two of us versus just one of us. And Roxy uh, literally makes like a fart noise in her face. Like that's what she actually does. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. Because the ego at this point is at its peak, maybe? Probably. I was About. Say. She's feeling hella good about herself. Yeah. And she just tears Velma a new one, I would say. Yeah, and so Velma sings this whole song about, like, wanting, basically wanting Roxy to be, to do her sister's part. Yeah, and and Tay Diggs has, uh, in his little introduction, says something about, like, um, in an act of desperation. Yes. And now Miss... Like an act, And now Miss Velma Kelly, in an act of desperation. Yeah. Yeah, pretty great. Um, and so, and she also says, you know, like, you're Billy's priority right now, but you're not. You're not always going to be. So she's basically like, you need to set yourself up. Like you right. need to be prepared. And she's right yeah. because because mm-hmm. little <laughs> next thing we know, Lucy Lou comes. Yeah, <laughs> Lucy Lou also a waste of Lucy Lou. Although she's doing more, she's True. she's fine. But she comes as this heiress who kills her husband and his two lovers that she catches in bed. And um, mm-hmm. she's really fiery with the press, and Billy represents her. Yeah. And when the press all run in to the jail following her after her arrest, Roxy's like, but what about me? Like, oh, no. <laughs> pay attention to me. Right. Mm. And then in the most, like... Because, uh, oh, because uh, Billy Flynn is also yes, ignoring everyone's her. ignoring her. He, he He's going after Lucy Liu. Yeah, well. and then in the most, like, bitch and power play... Roxy faints, <laughs> pretends to faint. All the press rush to her, and she says, "I hope the fall didn't hurt the baby." And it cuts to Richard Gere. Like his reaction shot is just like, ah, uh, like it's like a weird, like he's so <laughs> proud. He's like, oh, that girl. Yeah, <laughs> she did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, that that moment is like. Ugh, it, it kind of made me like hate oh yeah Roxy. it's bad 
was like, ugh, you piece <laughs> of garbage. Well, what blew my mind is, I don't know if I've noticed this in the other times I watch it, but there's like a small scene where she's at the doctor and he says like, is she mm-hmm. really pregnant? And the doctor says yes, and that she can testify to it in court. And I was so confused because she's not. Yeah. Right. It's And it's never yeah, explained. Yeah, it's never explained. But so then when... Do you have to... Do you have to get naked for a uh, pregnancy test? Like a doctoral pregnancy <laughs> test? No. I don't think so. Because uh, Roxy was definitely naked in the background of that Oh, shot. really? Are you sure? You're yes, like, I'm her so naked sure. back. <laughs> <laughs> her naked back was exposed in, that, in, the, in. in the doorway. <laughs> You can't zoom in on a TV. We were casting it. I'm sorry. Uh, so was that? <laughs> um, but also, it's 1920s, so it's not like they had like pregnancy tests. I guess. Yeah, I just wonder if were they implying that he, they, oh, she... that they like they they whoopied. That use yeah. that right? <laughs> I, I think you did. I mean, mostly. Um, no, I never have taken, I have never gotten that from that scene. I, like, I wonder hmm. though if it's just. I, I didn't even think about it until now. Because maybe they had to do a blood test, but also like it's 1920. In my mind, there was no medicine in 1920. So th- 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 they just be like, <laughs> are you pregnant? And she was like, yes. And they were like, seems right. You'd know, cool. you would know. Who's the father? <laughs> John C. Wright. Great. Cool. I don't know. I don't think. Huh. I don't know. Maybe there was slight but implication. But also, like, is she pregnant? Because what was the birth control situation in, in, uh, th- there wasn't. There was no, right. like. Yeah. There was virtually no medicine. There was no medicine. No, there was. As far as, far as, as I, know. I know. I know nothing, so there was nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They were, they were rubbing leaves on mm-hmm. wounds still. I. <laughs> hmm. Let's call this podcast no fact checking. <laughs> Fact checklist. Courtney and Tyler don't fact check. Fact, fact <laughs> check. Um, yeah, that's no. I don't know. <sighs> hmm. Because maybe hmm. she was pregnant because she was, you know, having sex with uh, seemingly everybody. Seemingly everyone. Oh, God, now we're slut shaming. <laughs> Does that lose <laughs> We were playing. Um, I was playing catchphrase with my family and my cousin was here and him and my mom were partners and her word was floozy. <laughs> she said her clue to him was um, a loose woman and he just went whore. <laughs> and it was. Yeah, I don't think they put whore I wish in they would. <laughs> catchphrase. I think that'd be real Dude. funny. Okay. No one steal this idea. All right. We're, we're going to put it in the podcast, but no one steals this idea. Mm-hmm. Like, Cards Against Humanity level of, like, like our rating, catchphrase. Let's do it. Let's let's go pitch it. I think that's yeah. brilliant. Let's go pitch it to Hasbro. <laughs> <laughs> They'll, They'll be, be on board. board. It's kind of like, um... Uh, no, it's not. I was going to say it's kind of like uh, Quiplash, but it's not. Oh yeah, not at all. But but no, but like Quiplash, 
based on like because it's a lot of user input that's where it gets that's where it gets yeah. uh, raunchy i feel like the last few times i've played quiplash though the the prompts were very like they're they kind were of pointing in that direction yeah right, i think right. they asked for like the name of an std or something though oh really yeah wow hmm. which is inappropriate because it's stis hmm. now right right <laughs> where were we in the in the movie <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> a three-hour episode. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> so I think we were just saying that Roxy's a whore, and um, <laughs> may or may not be pregnant. I don't think she's pregnant. I also I don't think she's a whore. I'm a feminist. I can't speak for Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just my opinion right um anyway we're we're sex positive people and um so roxy lies about being pregnant and amos john c Riley comes to try to talk to her like he he tries to like get her attention at press conferences and he can't and he goes to billy's office and he's like I'm so excited. I'm going to be a father. And Billy is just like, you're not. There's no way you're the father. She's due in September and you guys haven't had sex in four months. Yeah. You haven't copulated. Yes. <laughs> they haven't whoopied. <laughs> um, yeah. He's like, <laughs> people are going to do the math. And it's like four months and then she got pregnant. Four months after they got or after they stopped uh, having sex. And then she got pregnant, so it's like, obviously, it's uh, Fred's child, if anything, if she's pregnant at all. Yes. And I remember this scene is always, like, I, like, kind of get it. It's, uh, like, it, it's, I don't know. It doesn't make that much sense to me, like, like plot-wise. I guess it's so at the end he can seem stupid. But, like... It doesn't seem necessary to tell him it's not his kid. Like, he could have just... Because at the end, they want him to be to seem like a loving husband, a loving and supporting husband, and that's going to get her off. Mm -hmm. um, like, that's going to get her, like, acquitted. Mm -hmm. And he was. <laughs> so I don't know why they had to push him away for a bit. Yeah. Just to, you know, add to the drama. Sure. But then he sings... Ugh. Mr. Cellophane, which is so sad and so good, where he talks about how he's just invisible. Yeah. Um, and he dresses up like a clown. Yeah. And his dance is so good. John yeah. C. Riley got an Oscar nomination for this. Good. Good. <laughs> he was really, really good. Like, and like that, that song, the, it's probably the most, um, underdone song in terms of like, it's just him on a stage with some lights and like he's he's dressed as this clown and it's just like this solo for him and it's it's really powerful and sad yeah it's very it's very simple but he's very um he's so goddamn compelling yeah. well and he's it's in great. an empty theater I, like it's like no one's listening to him yeah it's oh it's so good but he sings a song and that's kind of like um and then he kind of he files for divorce right right 
I guess maybe that was the point. They want him to file for divorce, mm. but then, but to ultimately to take it back. Yeah, be- well, just because he's such. Is a Is it guy. so people sympathize? Is it so people like sim- like feel bad for Roxy that her husband's divorcing her for no reason? Well, I think it's just it adds to the whole narrative. Like to have it's it's dramatic, right? Like for for the audience, for the jury audience, it's like it's it's this roller coaster of like oh now he's now he's gonna divorce her and oh my god like what's gonna happen to her after you know if she gets out or whatever and then um and then he as this like supportive loving husband he comes back and it's i think it's just i think it's just uh billy flynn like he knew i feel like billy flynn knew that he he would eventually come back and it would just be like i think he did too another I, i don't know another piece to this you know masterwork that of drama that billy is creating right i guess my guess would be that it's more it's more that like the audience the the jury is gonna feel bad for her because she's pregnant and her husband's divorcing her mm-hmm. and then he can convince them that like like he can make um amos seem stupid and then everyone feels even worse for Roxy and get why she had an affair. Right. Right. So that happens. Correct. And it all kind of like leads up to the um, court scene, Mm -hmm. which is what we were just talking about with like Amos being on the stand. But um, the court scene turns into this circus like um, with – Billy Flynn being the ringleader and he sings a song called like you just need to razzle dazzle them yeah and he says like there's so many great lines in this where he's just like it doesn't matter um it doesn't matter if you're telling them the truth or if you're innocent or guilty as long as you're entertaining them mm-hmm. and it's it kind of is like the thesis statement for the whole film mm-hmm. is it, he he's like no one cares if they have sparkles in their eyes and um yeah there's one line that ends with "That's how you get away with murder," but I don't remember how, like, the beginning of the line. Mm-hmm. But who who goes on the stand? Like, what's the order of the people who go on the stand? It's like, um, Amos, Amos I think is, is first. first, and then just Roxy. Is it just the two? No, and then, well, Velma. Oh yeah, Roxy's last. Yeah, because the the defense no they're defending uh the prosecutors are they call velma up because she's got the there they, they, we did miss a little scene where mama and um velma plot against roxy because <laughs> mama gives uh velma roxy's um diary that she's been writing in so she uses that on the stand yeah and um in the diary it says things like uh basically it's it's roxy admitting to the murder but billy points out that like those are she's using a lot of big words that she wouldn't know um and so he blames the prosecutor for like Mm -hmm. tampering with evidence and then and then i don't i don't remember i guess i don't remember how how it ends velma like admits that she was given Mm -hmm. the journal she didn't find it um but roxy it's like we're kind of seeing all this through roxy's uh perspective so like roxy thinks that when when velma reads from the diary roxy's immediately like i didn't write that 
Um, yeah. But we don't learn until later that it wasn't it wasn't Velma who wrote like rewrote the diary. It was actually Billy who rewrote the diary. Yeah. I, which is pretty manipulative. <laughs> oh yeah. But also just like he knew he knew that that was going to happen. Right. And all lawyers are manipulative. Sure. Anyway, so uh Roxy Roxy gets a gets acquitted. Yeah. Well, we got we got to talk about Roxy on the stand though because like that scene too good. Oh, yeah. Well, so oh, so um yeah. So Billy, when he's talking to, when he's, like, talking to Velma and he's getting a little, it seems like he's getting flustered or, like, he's going to lose the case and he starts tap dancing. And he's actually yeah. tap dancing, like, in, like, in reality, he's probably, he's not tap dancing, but he's, the fantasy is in the courtroom. Like, nothing's really changed. He's just, like, tap dancing and it's, it's, mm -hmm. it's really interesting. And then when Roxy's on the stand, she keeps messing up. And he has to, like, yeah. feed her the lines. Right. But then he it turns, like, once he gets his footing... Well, <laughs> uh, once, he, once he gets his footing back into, like, where he's... Um, he's back in control of, like, what's happening. <laughs> he starts... He, he, like, knows it. And he starts, like... Uh, and then he, he, like... He, he starts, like... Uh, he gets Roxy to say the right thing. Say the right thing. Say the right thing over and over. And he's just, like, building on the, like... Uh, enormity of like what they're the 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 situation because she's talking about like the how it happened right like how they both right, reached for right. the gun and all that and um he's like he's like he, he literally has his arms up like a conductor he's like yes and he's like repeating her lines yes like, like you can see him mouthing her lines it's so funny um and then that this is where he he's speaking to the he's speaking to her at one point and he accidentally calls the jury the, the audience. audience yeah and then he he immediately he's like uh jury yeah oh it's so also funny. it's also revealed in the scene that velma was um acquitted like charges were dropped against her for testifying against uh roxy yeah so yeah by the end of the scene we find out that they're both right. uh gonna be free yeah and then the, like the saddest scene i think like the saddest part of the movie to me is she is so excited, and outside of the courthouse, um, someone shoots their husband. And so all yep. of the reporters immediately leave, and Roxy's standing there like, well, aren't you going to take my picture? Like, mm -hmm. aren't you going to? And this and the goes... the only one left in the courtroom is Amos. He's the only one who stayed by, not even Billy. And she's like, yeah, and she's like, um, screw you, I'm not pregnant. Yeah. Which um, screw her because like <laughs> yeah. he's the he's the, literally the only person who cares about you in this entire world. Yeah. Oh yeah. She was a she's a monster to him. But this <laughs> this all goes like thematically. This goes to, back to to like all about Eve, where there's yeah. always someone younger and hotter waiting was, to yeah. take you down. And that's, I think that's one of the things I wrote. <laughs> that's how we should play this podcast. <laughs> there's someone. <laughs> younger and hotter just ready like, to take us down yeah just like a couple episodes in we're gonna get like a teenager in here as like a guest and then you'll never see me again because <laughs> i'm the old i'm i'm older than you so like yeah. the teenager will come in replace me and then and someone then, younger then than like them. an eight-year-old will come and replace me right yeah <laughs> and this this movie it's like 
speaking about all about Eve, like it's it's also about like ambition as well. Like it's about them wanting to be stars in this vaudeville era. Yeah, and like lusting after fame and how that I mean, I think what's the really interesting choice of this movie is that it ends with the two of them like Well, so Roxy can't get like she can't get a show anywhere and right. so she's auditioning and they don't they say like, Oh, isn't she the one who killed her yeah. husband? Or like who cares? That's a great line of the two the two casting directors, whoever like whatever they are. Like isn't that the, isn't that the chick who who killed her husband a couple months ago? And he's like, I don't know. You can't keep them straight these days. <laughs> yeah, you can't keep them straight. And so Velma goes in and talks to her and is like, if it's the two of us together, like you need yeah. me essentially, and we could make we could make money doing this. And you see that her like um, stockings are ripped, so she's like also struggling, falling on hard times. Yeah, and then yeah. they sell out. The Chicago Theater, which is a huge theater. That's like the biggest theater in Chicago. <laughs> and I was like, oh, so they're heroes. By the end of this, they're like famous. Like, and they do this performance, which I really wanted to talk to you about this because I found the the filming style of that performance to be mm-hmm. insane. And I think that the shutter speed was incredibly high. because So when you have a higher shutter speed... You would use it for, like, it's to, like, get every bit of the movement mm-hmm. and every bit of action. And so, like, in war movies, they have really high shutter mm-hmm. speeds. In, like, sports things, they, they'll they do really high shutter speeds. But when you don't need it, it just looks like <laughs> like when you, you're in a strobe light and people are coming at you and it's, like, really yeah. slow. And so that's what the dancing looked like to me. And I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is bananas. I don't know if you felt yeah, that. Yeah, no, I, I definitely noticed it. And I think I think it might be because of the backdrop they were using with Because it lights. was so bright, yeah. Yeah, I think they needed the higher shutter speed to, like, not overexpose the shot. And um, I, I agree, but I also was like, oof, this is so, like... Yeah, it looked weird. It did sure. look weird. Yeah, you're right. I think it was, it was probably too overexposed. And I get, like... <sighs> I mean, I guess I get having that effect because that is really, like, cool. Like, the backdrop with, like, yeah, all that, the lights. It's pretty dope. But I don't know if we're supposed to think... I, I don't know. The the shutter speed... Re, everyone rewatch it. Anyone <laughs> who's listening, rewatch it and just, like... You know, it looks like they're kind of going in slow motion. And it's crazy. Yeah. And that always makes me feel, like, trippy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is weird, but the the choreography in this one is pretty pretty great. Um, they pull out um, bayonets, like the the fake guns, but that they can twirl around, like um, like the yeah. Well, they put, they pull out rifles, right? Sorry, it, bayonets are like um, in, are like from in the like Revolutionary Mar- War. No, <laughs> another <laughs> descript or like another definition of the word bayonet is the those like fake guns that they twirl around in marching bands. Real, I thought a bayonet was like the knife they put yeah. at the no. end of a. You're 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 correct, but they they had the bayonet twirlers in in the marching band as well. Did they have that um, in your so, marching so, band? Mm-hmm. We had we had bayonets. We didn't. They'd they'd use them like temporary, like they were. It was like the flag corps, and then like half of them would like bring out the bayonets for like a certain portion. See, so, you no, know, we just had like um like girls wearing like bedazzled uh dresses oh no that that's what they wore at our band too twirling flags yeah um 
but but their their bayonets looked like Tommy guns. Yes, which was yeah pretty pretty fun. And everyone laughed. Um, and yeah. everyone cheered during that moment. Yeah, because they were like, oh, the, these two girls they killed. Well, so the backdrop we're talking about is like yeah. a million little light bulbs, like mm-hmm. bright stage lights, and so they shoot at them and they spell out Roxy and Velma, right? Mm-hmm. Which I kept thinking during that scene, like that wouldn't that that would not have been possible in the twenties. The technology well, for that, and then I started thinking, is this Roxy's fantasy? If all of the other musical numbers have been her fantasy, are we supposed to believe this is her fantasy too? And she and Velma sure. aren't that famous. Yeah, I think I think on IMDb, uh, one of the like questions, you know, they have like they have all like the fun facts and stuff, and then they have like questions from people who like want to know more about the movie. One of them was, was the end real? And I was like, yeah, yeah, maybe not. I don't. I kind of don't think it is. Um, or just like over dramatized version of like they they did go on to like play together uh, like they did uh, perform together but maybe they but, weren't selling out yeah I, I doubt it I think it I think it is probably supposed to be a fantasy but and then they have yeah. like they but have the, like yeah I don't know about the um, yeah <laughs> yeah they're like people are throwing roses at them but yeah the 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 backdrop that shooting out the backdrop they yeah they were like exploding like uh they had like pyrotechnics going like they were popping those right popping those uh light bulbs also be, just, i mean if the, anything that'd be ex- expensive but also like in the 20s could, do you, <laughs> how would they like light them to uh, they, they just, had a, it, they had light bulbs i know they had light bulbs but they have like <laughs> the technology to make them i know they had light bulbs <laughs> but to have them spell something out and like turn on and off like that i don't know man i don't think so no no who's to say uh, they didn't have medicine <laughs> you'd think they'd get their priorities straight right figure out well, you know doctoring yeah i mean we still haven't figured out our priorities oh boy <laughs> <laughs> but uh and and that's that's where they end it, really. That's, yeah, that's uh, the end of the movie. But we we do get one more Tay Diggs uh, five six seven eight a five six seven eight. Ben-a-net, ben-a-net, ben-a-net. <laughs> yeah. I was in a like a side by side concert with the like local orchestra, and this was one yeah. of the things we played. And it's very hard. I'm I'm sure. Yeah, because it, it's mean, it's incredibly fast. Yeah, jazz jazz is just so hard. <laughs> we'll have to watch Whiplash on this. Yeah. Yeah. That's what yeah. it made me think of. But um yeah, it's I it's what do we do now? What <laughs> what's next on the docket? <laughs> um well I think you 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 suggested we have uh two 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 little new segments. Um one to highlight the fashion of these movies. And one to highlight the ridiculous reviews right and we need these, to come up we should films. come up with um with names for this yeah fun names mm-hmm. it'll happen it'll, it'll happen i feel like it'll happen it'll, naturally sure we'll figure something out. the fashion though is just like i mean we've kind of already talked about it and just like the, how it's juxtaposed like the fantasy versus reality and it's like these opulent like mm-hmm. beautiful costumes in the fantasy and then these like kind of falling apart um outfits in the reality but the one outfit, the outfit that Velma wears when she's on the stand, 
like when she's testifying against Roxy, she has mm-hmm. this like fur coat that she has off her shoulders and this like hat that's to the side, and she just looks stunning. Yeah, and I think it's I think that's what happens when you like win, like that's what winning does to you. It's right. good for the skin. Yeah, I- I'm sure. Um, the yeah the uh, no I mean no one in this film is really doing that great. Sure. Monetarily, except maybe Billy. Um, so he like he's got some nice suits, but like oh yeah, his suits are amazing. Yeah, and and even more amazing when you're in the the fantasy, mm-hmm. like with the with the sequence and all that. But uh, and then he just undresses in the in the uh, all I care about is love. <laughs> so you get to you get to see his underwear, tidy whities Oh, <laughs> uh, he had boxers on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember. Wait. So that's when I zoomed in. <laughs> There was okay, so there's. I feel gross about that. <laughs> I, like, I was trying to call back to what I was saying earlier that you were, yeah, when you were like she was naked. And, no, you um, nailed it. Anyway, <laughs> okay, well then cut this part out. Um, no, okay, so there was there's this one point. I watched this with my roommate, and uh, at the beginning, the the guy, the Fred that she kills, after they've you know been copulating, they he. He puts on his boxers, and his boxers have a button, like where you button your jeans. Yes, I okay. I okay. He like put okay. them because on I was and very, then because buttoned he goes, them. Well, because I was confused because he puts them on and then immediately goes to the bathroom, and I was like, that feels dumb yeah, that was to dumb. Me. Like he puts them, and I was really confused because yeah. there's like a weird like. Yeah, because he, he like unties them or unbuttons them or whatever to pee, and I was like, "This is just them trying to get a PG thirteen rating." Sure, right. Um, but yeah, we were both baffled by that. I was like, "What? The twenties were crazy, man." <laughs> Underwear had buttons. The twenties were crazy. <laughs> well, they still have buttons, but like they have buttons on the like the flap. You know, no, there's no. There's no mm, okay. button to like put them on. Well, like a like a pair of pants. Yeah, real weird. The uh, so sorry. What what I was trying to say was like no one's really doing well. Like no one's well off in this movie, really. So there's like in in the reality sections of this movie, no one's really dressed to the nines, you know, except for Velma at the courtroom and uh, Billy Flynn at times. Right. So that kind of helps the juxtapose the two like the reality and the fantasy yeah it's everything is done like very um like meticulously and beautifully i would say thoughtfully okay so i found some reviews of the film (laughs) and what should we read first so one of them is um roger ebert so that's like more of a legit review so should i do that Mm -hmm. one last and read the funny ones first yeah so one of them is uh (laughs) is from is from Rotten Tomatoes, it's an audience review. I was like looking through and I found the funniest one. And this was a one-star review. This is a great idea. (laughs) This is a (laughs) one-star review from Shane. Uh, Shane V. Shane V. It says, oh, the humanity. Not only did I have to (laughs) put up... Two exclamation points. Two exclamation points. Not only did I have to put up with one overproduced show tune after another... I had to stare at this is so mean. I had to stare at that squinty-eyed Renee Zelliker, he spelled it wrong, for most of the movie. Vomit, in quotes. Crap plot, crap music, crap girl power, crap acting. 
I'd rather gouge out my eyes and eardrums than have to see or hear that steaming pile of dump ever again. Rating F minus. <laughs> so, some people uh, have different opinions. Yeah. Did they just, did they take this from Twitter? This sounds like a Twitter review. <laughs> this is like, yeah. Also, this was, this, this is what's really funny is it was posted March uh, 12th, 2019. So this person, wow. 17 years after the fact, was like, you know what? <laughs> I've got something to say. I gotta make my voice heard. Also, I had a stare at that squinty-eyed Renee Zell- Zelliker. So I guess this isn't mean towards Renee Zellwiger. Um, this is, this is, he's mad at <laughs> Renee Zelliker, some other woman. But I thought, I think Renee Zellweger, like, is great in this movie. I think she's so yeah. endearing. Yeah. Um, and believable. So mm-hmm. disagree, Shane. Uh, <laughs> and then this review is from Unplugged, which is the movie reviews of from like Focus on the Family, which is like a Christian organization. So it's oh, just talking about <laughs> boy. Um, so it's talking about like the like sex in the film. Mm-hmm. So it's undoubtedly the most disturbing part of the film, invading every area from costumes and dancing to lyrics and dialogue. Matron Mama Morton's solo number is full of cleavage <laughs> and, bo- and body innuendo. The cell block's tango mixes violent and sexual imagery. Dancers dressed in lingerie often strike sexual poses. Billy Flynn seems to expect sexual favors from his clients, which I didn't really get that. Innuendo is common and the women... Which he doesn't. He, he-, he doesn't, yeah. The women performers make much of selling sensuality for fame and fortune. So... <laughs> one um yeah there is a lot of cleavage yeah. in queen latifah's number but i was here for it yeah and they say undoubtedly the most disturbing part of the film is M- mama morton's solo number which well, is i think they're probably... saying it's this it's the like sex like the sexual acts aspects of the movie are oh most, um, okay just disturbing. in general yeah i see okay. but it says billy flynn expects sexual favors from his clients he doesn't because Roxy no, he, he offers. actively yeah, he actively denies them. Yeah, because Roxy's like, uh, you know, offers mm-hmm. to whatever, and he's <laughs> to whoopee. I always said something like went real dirty, and then like had to really censor myself. <laughs> anyway, uh, and he says like, "No, get me five thousand dollars, or I don't yeah. care." Because um, he doesn't care about that love, bro. Yeah, it's just about that money. So, okay, and now here's Roger Ebert's, which is a more legitimate review. <laughs> yeah. Which is, Chicago continues the reinvention of the musical that started with Moulin Rouge. Although modern audiences don't like to see stories interrupted by songs, apparently they like to see songs interrupted by stories. The movie is a dazzling song and dance extravaganza with just enough words to support the music and allow everyone to catch their breath between songs. You can watch it like you listen to an album, over and over again. The same phenomenon explains why Moulin Rouge was a bigger hit on DVD than in theaters. And I thought, when I was looking up reviews, a lot of people mentioned Moulin Rouge and how this was kind of a response, like, this, because this movie came out the next year. Yeah. And I love Moulin Rouge. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Is it on the list? It's, oh, it's on the list. Oh, good, good. Uh, it's and that one will be fun because there are like clear issues with it, but I love it. <laughs> and I mean more so than like these that are like amazing like technical achievements. Yeah. But I didn't think it was that similar to Chicago. And I read these reviews before I watched Chicago, 
And I was watching it and I was like, oh, it's incredibly similar. I just didn't like put it together. Like to me, they're so different, but they really are like, we'll have to do Moulin Rouge and then compare and contrast. But a lot of people say the only reason, like Mm -hmm. this was kind of considered the resurgence of musicals because they went away. Um, There's like a famous thing. Musicals were super popular in the 60s and 70s. And then Hello, Dolly came out and was a massive flop. And it was like Barbara Streisand, supposed to be a slam dunk, failed hard. And after that, yeah. people didn't really do musicals. And then Moulin Rouge and Chicago like brought it back because people were interested again. And it was because they turned them into these huge spectacles. Right. But still had like grounded and nice stories. Yeah. Yeah. So that's Chicago. Yeah. So. <laughs> what? I don't know. I, I think our the rating system is so funny. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> How how many Oscar? How many out of ten Oscars would you would you give Chicago? Well, if we're going by how many actual Oscars it got, you would have to give it five, right? Because it it was nominated for twelve and it got six. But oh yeah, uh, but well, that's not what we're doing at all. Um, no, no. I would give it. Hmm. I would give it um seven. Yeah, seven out of ten Oscars. Okay. Yeah, I I really I really love it. It's it's beautiful to watch and yeah i think it's great i get why people don't like it i think it's very um like i get why it doesn't appeal to everyone yeah i guess but for me it's 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 a great movie there's like there's so much great about it yeah i i'd probably give it like an eight five okay i'm probably i don't know why i'm putting i put a point five on on uh yeah Give it a la la land. Yeah, I I really liked it. And like just like thinking about the the technical effort right. <laughs> that had to go into this film is just I can't even imagine. Did you cause you had seen uh cause you had seen this before, did you remember it? Like was it a different experience I, this time? Yeah, I mean I remembered like I'm a very visual person like in general mm-hmm. so i remembered a lot of the visuals especially from like i remembered most of cell block tango mm-hmm. not not the music though like like a lot of the music and like th- them telling their stories i had forgotten about but like a lot of the visuals from cell block tango i remember a lot of the visuals from like roxy that song yeah uh, mostly the like the musical stuff i i remembered a lot better than the uh like i didn't remember a lot of like the plot like i i didn't remember much of the courtroom scene at all i forgot about the baby bit so when that when that happened i was like oh <laughs> oh dang <laughs> oh and we forgot to talk about one of the funniest moments in the in the movie is when so they're they're talking about how like everyone wants roxy's haircut right everyone wants to to be like her and then mm-hmm. we have this amazing moment where uh, Velma is talking to Mama, and Mama is like doing. She's she's like hunched over in her desk, like looking through drawers or something. And she she pops her head up. Queen Queen Latifah pops her head up, and she's she's got the same haircut she had before, but it's just blonde now. Yeah, it's styled like Roxy's. <laughs> it's so funny, <laughs> like this reveal that like even even Mama is. She has Roxy fever as well. Yeah. It's so great. But yeah, 
I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was, I can see why, like, there's, I feel like a lot of modern or more modern movies that get shown in film classes, people kind of dismiss, but I think, um, this definitely deserves to be something that's shown just because of how technically masterful it is. Yeah. And I think people forget that it's like a, like people know, like, I think people just disregard it a lot. Like in general, this movie, I, cause I brought up to my cousin, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're going to watch Chicago. And he was like, is that considered like a great movie? I'm like, yeah, it's, it's like, it's, <laughs> yeah, I definitely want, I have seen it in multiple film classes. Um, yeah. Yeah. So here's to you, Chicago. Yeah. Good on ya. Good, good on ya. Good. I good like do- the movie. Good doing it. You're, I like you're the great. city. I. <laughs> All the things. All the things. Um, but yeah. So, I think we're 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 having a what you watching segment. Is that gonna? Keep yeah. Going? Keep doing that. Hell. Yeah, should we say the like what the movie's gonna be next week in case if anyone's listening and they don't want to know what we're watching? That's a good <laughs> point. Like, okay, so we'll, we'll we'll switch that order. Yeah. Around. So um, next week we're gonna be watching Rear Window. I know absolutely nothing about this film. Woo! Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, this is this is more like I don't know if it's necessarily like important to film, but it's mm-hmm. a classic that I think you need to watch. I think if you want to be a like. A well-rounded uh, film nerd. You need to watch this. Sure. It's Hitchcock. Okay. Uh, Grace Kelly and Jimmy Stewart. 1954, cool. I believe. Uh, do we know where it's playing? I know it's not streaming anywhere, but is it? It's not streaming anywhere. You can rent it on like YouTube yeah, or you um, Amazon. Okay. Yeah. Cool, cool. So what you watching, Courtney? Has anything changed from, I feel uh- like... <laughs> This segment might get stale. If I, feel like I was just thinking about this because I because again I was listening to the episode we put out and I was like yeah I'm not watching that stuff anymore. Oh yeah I well I so I watched um I watched a movie I watched Clue with my parents okay the like 1985 uh, Clue with like Tim Curry yep. and it's so funny yeah. it was great I really enjoyed it I was like you don't see movies like this anymore <laughs> that are just they're so silly and goofy yeah. um. And then I started, I, I, I like moved out of my apartment and I was watching um, Gilmore Girls because it's my favorite show. So I started rewatching it because it's like very comforting to me. So I was like moving and kind of stressed yeah. and I just had Gilmore Girls playing in the background. So I've been on that kick and I haven't, I feel very like I don't know what else to watch now. Yeah. So I'll take your suggestions. Well, uh, I've actually been on a tear recently well actually i probably just maybe didn't talk about a lot of the movies that i had I was, we talked more about shows last week yeah, <laughs> so yeah. I, was, I wasn't really thinking about all the movies i've watched but recently um i've watched i watched the uh the wrong missy on netflix i want to see it i love lauren lapkus yeah she's insane yeah and i i love her She's so funny. I am a huge and fan of hers. David Spade is great. Okay, I need to watch this. it. I've been I've been thinking about it. I really need to watch it. It's 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 really good. And I my review on Letterboxd just says thanks Adam Sandler because it's one of the uh is it Happy Gilmore? Yeah, yeah. I watched I watched the two Kill Bill movies. Gross. Um <laughs> for the first time. Oh, okay. 
for the first time all the way through. Um, I've definitely seen a lot of Kill Bill Volume 1, and I've definitely seen some of the more important scenes of Kill Bill Volume 2, so spoilers. But we differ in opinion on Tarantino. Yeah. I I, I like Tarantino movies. I don't. um, They're not for me. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's okay. That's fine. They're not made for me, so that's fine. Yeah. Um... And then I watched uh, Lovebirds. Oh, I've the, been the yeah, Lovebirds. I've been wanting to watch that too. Is it just like um, millennials date night? Like, like you know that movie Date Night with Steve Carell and Tina Fey? It seems very so, similar. So to me. I've never seen it, but I know right. of it. Um, do they are they running from the law? Yeah, in that movie, they're like oh, on a normal so yeah, date yeah. night, and then they end up. It's like they. They take someone's reservation because they can't get into this fancy restaurant, and then people <laughs> mistake them for these like murderers or something, and then like gotcha. pe- the whole it's... like world mistakes them for these criminals, and they're like running from right. Them. It's sort of similar to that. It's it's, but I'd say it's it's different because okay. like these two are in an established relationship. They're actually like they like well, no spoilers, but they're they're kind of like struggling in the relationship. That's the same with date night. They're point. married and they're like. They're married oh. and they have kids and they oh, and their date, date nights night. have been very like, um, like stale and like they're trying to spice uh, it yeah. up because it's right. it's <laughs> Tina Fey and Steve Carell and they need to like, I don't know. It's a good movie. It's funny. I think it. I I will watch Lovebirds and get back to you on if it's the same. Well, I will watch uh, Date Night and we can oh, talk good. about it. Um, but yeah, it was really good. I love Kumail and uh, I love this uh, girl. Issa what's Rae. her What's her name? Yeah, she's, she's great. Yeah. I need to watch her show on Insecure. HBO. It's so funny and she's so like she's yeah, she's brilliant. That show's so funny. Yeah. She's like gorgeous and uh they make a very like hot couple. <laughs> Every time I see like promos <laughs> for it, I'm like, okay. But I've been listening to I haven't watched a lot this week, but I've been listening to so many podcasts and um Kamal Nanjani's podcast mm. with his wife, Emily V. Gordon is like the best thing that's happened. It's like just, they're just doing it during quarantine and they're talking about like getting through quarantine and it's it's great. It's like the best quarantine media that's happened for me. It's called Staying In with Emily and Camille. Nice. And it's very funny and and nice and I like it. Yeah. Yeah. The the best uh, quarantine content I watched was um, the quarantine episode of this show that no one knows about on Apple TV Parks and Rec? Plus. Oh. <laughs> it's an Apple TV Plus show. SNL? No, no. <laughs> uh, it's called uh, Mythic Quest. Oh, yeah, and no one does know about that. No, you're right. Uh, but it's <laughs> it's it's it's, it's written uh, and produced by uh, Charlie Day and uh, Rob McElhaney. McElhaney? Oh, we've talked yeah, about this. It's yeah. about a video game studio. Yeah, yeah, I've seen promos for it. Um, well, yeah. they did. So um, they just finished season one, right? Right. Uh, or they just released season one. And um, they did a quarantine episode where they literally recorded the episodes in their homes during quarantine with iPhones. Oh, okay. That, like, Apple provided to them because it's an Apple TV Plus show. And... It's legitimately great. But yeah. Uh, yeah. I've also started watching... This is a very long episode. Yeah. I also started watching season two of Rami on Hulu. Oh, okay. I need to do that. I, I need to watch all of it. love that show. 
so good all right maybe that'll be my new thing a24 doesn't miss i think yeah we're big a24 (laughs) fans yeah i want to buy their hat but it's out of stock all the time (laughs) and then i get an email it's back in stock and i go to the website and it's out of stock oh boy it's a hard knock life (laughs) (laughs) um yeah but yeah that's about it i think that about wraps it up courtney if people want to follow you on the internet, where would they go? Sure. They uh they would go to this the social meds. Um I'm at Cordal Hall on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. How do you spell that last part? We should just put it in the show notes. <laughs> You're right. Uh, but listen to the beginning of the episode. My my name is H U L. By the time this is over, two hours later, you have forgotten the beginning of the episode, so you could go. Back to the beginning and listen to it again. Right. right. Uh, and I'm. What about you, Tyler? <laughs> I'm at uh, Tyler's New Groove on both Twitter and Instagram. Uh, if you want to stay up to date on the podcast, we're at uh, Film Schooled FM on both Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. 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 Isn't that funny how that works out? Pretty great. So, yeah. You know. When you make the handles, that's how it works. <laughs> I was. I was afraid to ask you, like, can I can I change these? I was just trying to get anything. Right. It's, not... <laughs> it's whatever. We figured it out. Yeah, it's fine. Synergy, baby. Okay. All right. See see you next week. In next two weeks. Oh, yeah. God. Everything's a mess. <laughs> Time doesn't exist. Quarantine is Time still. Time doesn't exist. The world is over. <sighs> Pack up your bags. And throw them in the ocean. And cut. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> that works. <laughs> this is a real crazy. I'm real loopy today. I feel like I need to go run a lap. <laughs> That's going to be a post credit line. <laughs> Can I stop? Re- <laughs> Can I stop recording? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>